Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, Today, we're talking about escapism. You know, sometimes the stressors of our life makes us just want to scream. I mean, I'm telling you, constant bombardment of negative news, our continual connection to technological devices, it makes us feel trapped with a, with a strong desire to escape. And perhaps we just need some time alone to heal or nurture ourselves. And, and when, we ha- when we have that feeling, it might be that our minds and our souls are sending us messages. We're being reminded that it's time to step away and indulge in some self-care. You know, in one time or another, just about everyone has a profound desire to escape reality for a certain amount of time. I know I do. You know, it might be that we uh, crave either a physical or an emotional escape. You know, you know, we might have uh, the same uh, s- spiritual guide that we follow. Maybe we have the, mo- the, the spiritual routines that we do in the morning. Or maybe we have things that we do in the evening just to get away from a hard day at work. You know, the bottom line is there's both healthy and unhealthy forms of escape. And so the, the unhealthy forms include mind-altering substances like alcohol and, and drugs, and the healthy forms of escape are a better choice, and there's some really good ones out there. For instance, listening to music. Music is a great form of escape, and, and research has even shown that it can help you relax and increase self-awareness. Uh, yoga. Yoga has a, a huge amount of health benefits, but mainly it fosters a relaxation it encourages you to slow your breath, to focus on the present, balance your sympathetic nervous system, which really can create a lot of somatic pains if you don't have a good balanced nervous system. And overall, it's it's very restorative, yoga is. Also chanting, and I know, I know this just sounds very ethereal, like not very many people do what uh, uh, yoga, not many people do chanting, but we all do a lot of other stuff like uh, daydreaming where you allow yourself to daydream, which is a perfect mental escape. Uh, if we drift into another place or another land in our mind, you know, a good time to daydreaming is when you're working out or following your exercise routine, whether it's at the gym or during a walk. But studies have shown that if we daydream less as we get older, so it should be a habit that we maintain for as long as possible, that we want our brains to actually operate all the way to the end. You know, oftentimes I know me as a child, I was daydreaming all the time. And and while it came in handy during my life, you know, as a therapist and as a writer and doing these shows, you know, it's something that is encouraged way back when I was a child. And I still need to do that in my life these days. You know, visiting a new place, visiting and, and discovering Travel is a great escape and an excellent way to change your perspective, especially when you go into a different culture. Sometimes when we move ourselves into a different culture, we are having to discover 
the beauty of that culture and what that offers us. And it can be a wonderful escape. Often when you return home from a trip, you have a new outlook on your daily life. Maybe you have new recipes. Maybe you're you're learning to do things differently. Maybe you're learning to, I know when people go to Hawaii and they come back, they're so much more relaxed than they were when they went there. And that's because of the way of life is that hang loose uh, way of life is really wonderful. You know, sometimes we can take a virtual escape. You know, another form is, is called a second life, which is allows you to totally immerse yourself in another life that is completely different from the one you're living. For example, if you're a senior citizen who used to be an avid hiker, that can allow you to relive those experiences. So, so, so maybe going into a video game and building a world, you know, building a different life outside of the one you're living might be a wonderful thing. Uh, developing a, 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 a commerce situation where you could be a multimillionaire online, but maybe you're not in real person. You know, you might ask, you know, what is behind the desire to escape? Well, well, it can be a result of an aging process, but it also can be a temporary way to withdraw from our normal stressors and challenges, whether it's uh, looking after a family or, or navigating health challenges. The, the escape method you choose will depend on the reason you wish to escape and what you're escaping from and the results you'd like to achieve. And consider trying one or all of these kind of methods to try to help yourself. You know, the American Psychology Association defines escapism as the tendency to escape from the real world to the safety and the comfort of a fantasy world. And since life is innately stressful, coping strategies are essential to making it through the day. Excess, uh, escapism can be coping skill when used positively. However, to ignore reality completely can be detrimental. So fantasy has to have, escapism has to have a sense of balance. So if you're someone who you care about, you know, and, and you think about using drugs or alcohol as a form of escapism, you know, that's something you want to get a handle on. If you're stressed out, that is the worst time to be turning to alcohol or drugs because that is going to drive you towards escaping from the realities that you're facing in your current life. You know, there's a whole bunch of escapist strategies, you know, uh, like reading a book, listening to music, watching a movie, exercising, meditating, dancing, gardening. You know, furthermore, faith-based coping strategies reduce stress by narrowing your perspectives and extenuating the positive parts of life. You know, for example, religion creates a sense of belonging and knowledge born out of already having the answers to the biggest life's questions. And so, therefore, religion fosters an individual's confidence and hope in life and their future and belonging to a community or a support system such as a family partnerships religious groups can make you feel comforted as well as creating a sort of safety net for life you know the the, the bottom line is if you think about it the person who actually trusts let's say god they trust God. That means that they are giving their life to God. And yes, they're going to have, they're in charge of, I've got to go. I got to move forward. I got to do something with my life. But then God's in charge after that. We're making decisions based on God's guidance. And that's what trusting God means. So, issues with escapism drugs and alcohol 
are escapist strategies. However, they also change the individual and their ability to face reality of life on physical, mental, and psychological levels. Anybody that's addicted to drugs, anybody that's addicted to alcohol, you're going to have to also deal with the withdrawal effects of that, the hangovers, and, and, and the withdrawal from the drugs. And that can create enormous amounts of problems even when you're sober. You know, furthermore, and that can also affect your ability to perform your job. It can affect your memory. It can affect your brain. It, tear, it creates a lot of wear and tear on your body, your liver, um, your kidneys. Everybody gets messed up when you fall into drugs and alcohol as a way of life. You know, furthermore, facing addiction is made harder through the use of drugs and alcohol since they alter your ability to admit the reality that they're, that you're addicted to them. The more people become addicted in substances, the more that they have a tendency to deny their addiction. And that's very sad because they want that so bad they're going to need to protect that in their life. Addiction born out of escapism can lead to a decline in self-compassion as people with self-compassion are more willing to accept responsibility in negative life events. They also lack compassion. Oftentimes, many people who do drugs and alcohol have made that the center of their life rather than the other people that are in their life that depend on them. You know, escapism comes from the need to avoid unpleasant things. You know, it, it can take many forms like procrastination, addiction, distraction. You know, there's, there's, escapism may be due to avoidance. You know, running from reality and real life difficulties, like somebody may be in some kind of a legal situation or maybe a nasty divorce, you know, or, or, or uh, you know, there's also the passive, the listening to music, watching TV or movies, you know, the active part of escapism is doing a job or, or doing hobbies, you know, and, and escapism is coping strategy that really implies the tendency to evade the real world looking for the desired security and tranquility in a fantasy world where we don't necessarily have to be held accountable. And it usually implies that uprooting from reality to find refuge in a fictional and a parallel universe where we have more control of our options. You know, the desired escape is neither good nor bad, but we all are escapists of some sort. And from time to time, we need to uh, disconnect from reality and sure we refresh and restart. I mean, look what used to happen with the uh, New York Times uh, uh, crossword puzzle. That would be the greatest distraction in the world for many people, especially on a Sunday morning. You know, there's there's many uh, uh, constructs of escapism as a spectrum and a spectrum means it varies. It means that the, the degrees of how much a person needs to escape varies based on their life conditions. And so we want to look at this whole concept and understand that it can be helpful. It could be rewarding, you know, like habits like reading or finding things out about your yourself you wouldn't have known it can also help develop your creative side through meditation so oftentimes escapes can be a great way for you to discover more about yourself that your environment doesn't in induce or or bring out in you you know uh, the, the the form of escapism is uh you know usually several future benefits with the balance of other areas in your life you know positive escapism may be rewarding when it's done positively it, escapism can help you form new and rewarding habits, and that's what's important. 
you know, the, 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 the temporal productive escapism would mean zoning out of your current situation, hurdles experiences into something maybe that's happy. You know, maybe something that's happy from the past, maybe from something happy projecting the future, you know, dis disappearing into another world for a bit can be incredibly rewarding. And yes, the worries, the stresses, the strains will still be there when you come back out of it. But escapism can help you cope a little better because your mind has had a rest. You know, the, the, there's also uh, another form of escapism that can be very powerful is the source of creativity. You know, positive escapism exposes your creative side. So your creativity is sometimes hindered by stress and worries or your, your catastrophic or, or claustrophobic circle after, after COVID. You know, when you escape from all these hindrances and zones towards creativity, you find that you get in touch with your creative side through the inspirations you receive. And so the, creative, the creativity links back to happiness because the act of being creative, if successfully executed, is an important contributor to happiness and general well-being. And so escapism can benefit your health enormously. Let's say exercise is your escape. Cardio is your escape. What benefit does cardio do? Cardio helps the brain first. So you, if you want to frame up having a great brain and a great life, Maybe cardio would be a great solution for you to use as a form of escapism. You know, apart from being creative, escapisms may require that we open up our favorite book or, or listen to an audio book or listen to a podcast or music or watch uh, our favorite show, something that has brought us happiness before. You know, it's often an avenue that, you know, it, it creates what's called, uh, let's say, a, a, a eureka moment or, or an epiphany or, you know, where it awakens us and makes us feel alive. You know, a lot of people live but they just cope when they're living. When you're alive, you're experiencing something. You're experiencing your life. Your life has meaning. It has purpose. You are actually emotionally connected to the environment, to the people, to everyone around you. That's when we are at our best. We can easily cope with life, and that can create a lot of problems and a lot of solutions. So, you know, motivation, if you think about it, you need to have meaning behind something if it's going to motivate you. You can't just do something because you have to do it. You have to do it because it has meaning. Okay, I just need to get this over with so I don't have to worry about it anymore. That could be the meaning, but it's a good thing. You know, I don't want to lose my job. That could be the meaning. So that could be a good thing. It, you have to use your emotions behind your motivate your your excuse me your your actions that you're wanting to take to make your life better if you have no motivation if you have no emotional meaning that means we are not going to do a whole lot of things so what happens is people fall into unhealthy escapism like procrastination because they can't find meaning in what they need to do. They also uh, it may arise because of escapism. It may arise because they need to escape from actions or emotions. You know, procrastination is depression. It 
means that you're looking for a feeling to get something done rather than get something done and then check in with how you feel. Rather, understanding the meaning of getting something done before you do it. And the more meaning you have, the more motivated you are to get things done. However, with procrastination, we're always searching for an emotion. Then there's this denial aspect of life and psychosis. Escapes who live in denial often reject social norms, what people have told them, what people have asked them to do, uh, what, what they don't want to know about themselves, their rigid personal stances on life. Sometimes they become very isolated. Sometimes you, you may be escaping from a particular diagnosis because you feel the diagnosis is too much to accept and you want to admit that you're, you could suffer from a disease. The, the denial may lead to poor health. Uh, poor uh, management of the disease, and maybe it becomes the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you, which is called death, which may not be the worst thing that happens. We don't know what that is, but, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is denial is a psychosis, and denial means that we have a shadow that we do not recognize, and when we don't recognize the problems in our life, our problems will catch up with us. There is a thing called a suicidal lifestyle. That's somebody who's uh, uh, playing with substances, for instance, as, as an addiction. That's somebody who's denying their health situation. That's someone who's eating horribly, even though they're incredibly unhealthy and maybe even diabetic. You know, people live a lifestyle where they smoke, even though they're not supposed to be smoking. That's called a suicidal lifestyle. That means that they do not want to take, they want to deny the fact that they want to die, but they want to die because they're doing this habit that is going to get them to death. And we all have to understand that and confront it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about unhealthy and healthy uh, escapism. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, 
please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about escapism. You know, life is getting more challenging. And our technology has enabled 24 by 7 lifestyles where we're always on call, online, doing something. Even when we wake up, the first thing we grab is our phone, you know, our smartphone. Stress is, is on the rise, so is depression and anxiety. And as a result, there's a greater need for ever for people to find ways to escape in order to maintain mental and emotional stability. Now, society often frowns on people opting out and shunning corporate ladders and office politics. But finding acceptable form of escapism and even employment has become more vital than ever. During COVID, a lot of people left very unhealthy jobs to move into a different lifestyle. And many people took on different skill sets and different risks and moved themselves into what they felt they needed to do, which is to shift into something more healthy for them. Being at home, living at home, working at home, people have discovered that they can actually be more productive in that environment. And so people that are asked to go to work oftentimes don't want to go to work. They'd rather get up and do that from their home. You know, it's that's good in some ways and that's bad in some ways. But finding acceptable forms of escapism has also become more vital than ever because there's many ways in which we can transport ourselves away from the stresses and strains of the daily grind. However, for those of us that work at home, there is a struggle between wanting to do escapism and actually doing work. And people that mix those two can have big problems when it comes to working from home. You know, many forms of escapism are very healthy, like sports. Sports serve as a valuable purpose for us. Many people lead dull lives, mediocre lives, and being part of a team of supporters allows us a feeling of belonging and an added dimension of excitement in life. You know, some sports can be particularly aggressive, like rugby or or football or uh, 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 boxing, you know, or kickboxing or mixed martial arts, whatever you want to call it. But it can be a very good form of aggression that we don't have to participate in, but athletes who are professionals can participate in. That lowers stress levels and leaves excitement every day. And so our society is less angry angry and team players and observers get to shout and let off steam and sports provides a valuable release a a form of escapism and stress release for many and and if a sport was not available the stress would be diverted into less appropriate places thereby possibly affecting society in a very negative way so sports can be very addictive and you've got to find a balance there but they can be a very positive thing in people's lives you also Many uh, people work as a form of escapism where they actually enjoy their work. Maybe they work in a corporation and maybe they're busy. Maybe they travel a lot. Maybe they interact with people that they really enjoy. You spend more time at work than you do with your own family. 
You know, that is another family, you know, busy, busy, being busy and burying your head in your emails and your work projects provides an escape for having to deal with the fundamentals of life, like your personal fulfillment, your quality of your relationships, your relationships with your wife, your your husband, your children, you know, a satisfying sense of direction in life. It all has to be within balance. And that is what we all have to think about. Balance, balance, balance. Very, very, very important. Many people bury themselves in work and use this as an excuse to ignore their marriage. Well, as a therapist, I call that job security. If you're going to be dumb enough to bury yourself in your work and forget every, everybody else in your life that you love and loves you, then you're going to find yourself alone. We lose our integrity when we lose ourselves into escapism and don't step into the realities of our life. We have to step into the realities of life. We cannot make escapism our way of life. That is not a way to go. We need to make escapism be a release from other things in our life that are stressing us out. You know, very few people wish they had to work long hours. Many wish they had slowed down a bit, enjoyed life a bit more. Very little matters in the end when we're old and decrepit other than what we give back to our family, our friends, and our, our even our pets. So when we think about it, the meaning of your life has to do with relationships, being present. If you're going to be lost in escapism, we lose meaning in our life. Now, escapism can add to our life with great memories if we use it to do that. But if we use it as a way of life, we lose our life. You know, obviously, you know, drugs is a, a, a form where people will use things like meth or cocaine or heroin or whatever. And, and the harder life becomes, the more people seek that, you know, the alcohol, the drugs. Also, overeating. You know, we are the fattest people in the world in the United States. And a lot of the world is catching up with us because of our diet. We've affected in the global economy how other people eat. So now we're all getting to be a bunch of fat tubs. You know, you show me an overweight person, I'll show you a person is unhappy on some level. You know, overeating, unless it's uh, physiological, such as a hormonal or me uh, metabolic, is a form of escapism that's caused by a person seeking comfort and an escape from sadness and frustration or finding out that the, there is a void in a person's life. When that unmet need is out there and you can't meet that need and you become depressed and hopeless, guess what? Food can be a great comfort and it can be a great killer. There's so many forms of escapism. You know, anything in extreme suggests a, a, an issue. You know, addictions are a form of escapism, whether it's smoking, drugs, alcohol, gambling, love addiction. You know, all these stem from some inner lack or void. And often this lack is determined by our levels of confidence and our levels of self-esteem. You know, psychological therapies go a long way to easing the urge to escape and can teach people to emotionally regulate in better ways and deal with distress in a more tolerant manner. So positive forms of escape include meditation and mindfulness. Well, well, is that really an escape? Meditation and mindfulness actually makes you more present. And I would suggest that you're actually escaping into the reality of how you're thinking, how you're operating, how you're functioning, how you're interacting with other people. When we are more mindful, we have our sixth sense 
which is our ability to have intuition. And intuition is a beautiful thing because it reads verbal and nonverbal. It reads body language, it reads people, and it helps us be safer. You know, if you're a mindful person, you have a better scope on the world. You know, if you ever wanted to be someone else, you know, who hasn't? And it's fine when we have positive role models and emulate them to achieve similar results. But when we want to be somebody else, that's different. And that's another form of escapism. And I'd, I'd also argue that, that escapism is an unhealthy way of coping with challenges in our life if it has to do with trying to create what's called an ego, a persona of who we are. When we create a persona of who we are and we focus all our energy on who that persona is, trying to put elements of other people into who we are, that persona may not be legitimately identified with who we are. And that in itself can create enormous amount of baggage, responsibilities, and letdowns because our heart may not be in it all the time. You know, when we develop a persona, we have to live up to a persona. If we can just be who we are, then we can always be who we are. It's a much easier way to live. You know, with stresses of our lives in this modern day, escapism is very pervasive. And it comes in a whole lot of forms that prevents us from doing what we want to do to improve circumstances in our everyday lives. And so when we have an aspect of our lives which we want to escape from with enough repetition, we come to view ourselves as totally separate entity from the one uh, that had the negative traits and circumstances that we did not want attracted to us. And this partial destruction of ourself and disassociation is very common where we bury our bones, we bury the bad things in our life, we hide from that. People will even get married and never tell their partner all the horrible things that they've done in their life so that they could actually gauge who they're marrying. And then they discover on the backside what they actually ended up with because people only want you to know enough to know that you are a good person. They don't want to know all the bad. You know, we are good and bad. That's the challenge in life. And if we try to embrace the idea that, yeah, we, we may make mistakes, but maybe we didn't always have bad intentions. And that is an important thing, you know. Ultimately, we're responsible for the decisions that we all make. And the more responsible we are, the more real we are. The less responsible we for, for our, our decisions, the, the more we are delusional and the more we live in denial of life itself. Sooner or later, we have to return to reality. That is the center of gravity. That is what will happen. It will always happen. Your secrets will be revealed. Things will come out about you. It happens. You need to understand your job is to take accountability. Your job is to understand what your intentions are. That is important in life. If you lose your integrity as a person, what will happen is you will live in a nursing home by yourself with nobody showing up. Go to the hospital with a heart attack. Nobody shows up. That's because people do not want to be around people that don't manage their integrity. If you're 60 years old and decide you're going to get a divorce, guess what? You're going to probably lose your children's integrity in you. You're going to lose that integrity you had with all people because now everybody's got to rewrite their relationship with you. Do people think about that? No. No. They'll burn their whole life down. And then, and then they realize that they're just standing there alone. You know, addiction uh, to the internet has shown overuse 
and it's often linked to loneliness and compulsiveness. And people that are addicted to things like pornography, well, my God, you know, really? Do you have to go look at somebody else having sex to make yourself feel sexy? That's crazy. Or maybe you just didn't take care of yourself, and so you're going to pornography to fill that empty place in your life. How sad. Can't you have that in real life? Can't you build a life that you can actually live and enjoy? You know, escapism can be more uh, than what we need. It can create enormous isolation, and we have to be very careful about that. If you're going to watch sports every single night and deny your family any time with you, there's a likeliness you're not going to have a family down the road. You know, the more time we spend in a fantasy world, the less energy we have to do anything in our real lives. And the object of our fantasy, whether it numbs our feelings, becomes addictive or highly self-reinforcing, spend time in fantasy land is not attractive all the time. It's an escape, and it needs to be used that way. We need to find out who and what we're trying to escape from. That is the healthy way to go. Who or what am I trying to escape from? In what situations do I find myself trying to escape? Is it when I get home from work? Is it, is it at dinner time? Is it a certain period of time in life that we just have to escape? You know, is there a mood that actually triggers us to want to escape? Or how do we feel when we turn from our fantasy? Are we relieved or are we burdened by having to step back into the reality of our life? A healthy fantasy, a healthy escape is going to allow us the joy of enjoying to come back into our life, that it gives us an escape, but it gives us some joy. That's a very important component if you're going to be a person who turns to escapism. You know, self-acceptance and gratitude helps the long term. You know, if we escape because we feel shame, we feel fear, we feel like we failed, we feel like we have too many secrets and we have to maintain them, we've let somebody down and we don't want to let them know, face the reality. It's much better than having the cloud hang and hang and hang over your life and drag your spirit down. You know, I'm, I'm talking about escapism as it's good and it's bad, and it is good and it is bad. You know, maybe give yourself a break from social media for a while. You know, bring yourself back to the now. You know, maybe do some writing, some journaling, uh, painting. All of that can help. Self-improvement, exercise. You know, not all escape is bad. And it's important to identify when you need to escape. If you're running away from reality, then the consequences are not likely to be good. But if you're accessing another world in order to gain some insights and bring you back to this one, that is healthy. And that is good. You know, that uh, we believe... In fictional things, we believe and that uh, we even have emotions towards them. Think about the the superheroes that we all have attached ourselves. No, they're fictional characters, even when they're improbable, like uh, Spider Man or, or Iron Man. You know why? Why do we attach to these people? You know, the, 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 we attach to people in movies because they represent and we're projecting our feelings on those people in those movies. And that is a very interesting thing that we all do. We identify with certain characters and we actually attach emotions to those people. You know, both 
you know, thinking about a, a, a movie, a movie may help you enormously because it may reflect on a period in your life or a situation in your life where it helps you emote the emotions you did not emote during the situation you were in. So maybe it gives you a chance to feel sorry for yourself. Maybe it gives you a chance to understand a different perspective on a problem. You know, it, it, it's not bad. You know, in short, our brains behave in special ways when we're creating, enjoying things like movies and literature and, and, and audiobooks. It spells out a whole lot of great things that our brain can experience in itself without us having to go there. You know, zoning out and spacing out, going out to lunch, you know, uh, bu uh, building castles in the air, whatever you're doing, you know, if you're on Minecraft or whatever. How many... Uh, uh, terms do we need to get the idea that daydreaming is an activity we don't think too highly of if we're being productive. But the fact is that the daydreaming can help you become more productive because it can enhance your imagination, enhance your brain's ability to look at things differently. But if you're going to spend all your time daydreaming, then you're going to be disconnected from life, and that can be a very dangerous thing, especially if you're driving a car or riding a motorcycle. Not a good time to daydream. Not a good time to do that. And how many school kids have been reprimanded? This is a problem. These poor kids that are in school have get reprimanded for daydreaming. You know, there's a time and a space for it, but it, you don't want to discourage kids from daydreaming. You want to give them a time and a space to do that. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of neurology uh, uh, research that says everybody does it. They know they do it, and it's easy for people to relate to to daydreaming. In, in fact, daydreaming is maybe the very reasons that we have had so many great novels and stories and, and and movies. That creative process of daydreaming and even dreaming may help instigate those new ideas and make great things happen in our life. Until recently, daydreaming was considered not merely a waste of time, but almost pathological. You know, old, old psychology warned that excessive daydreaming can propel us into insanity, you know. But the fact is, is especially uh, back when World War I, World War II, and any years before that, we didn't have television, you know. And so the fact is, we had to learn how to get into our own brains and daydream. And that could be a very, very, very important component of being healthy. So we don't want to look at daydreaming as or dreaming as a bad thing. It enhances our life, but there's a time and a place for it. You know, it's easy to assume that fantasy gaming is bad or harmful. You know, uh, uh, the fact is, is that many of these fantasy gamings are very healthy, but they're also very addictive, especially to little ADHD kids because ADHD kids are linear thinkers and they're hunters. And so you stick them in front of a video game and they're hunting. Of course, they're never going to want to get off the game. They're going to want to be the best they could possibly be because that's what happens when they're in the game. They're in the hunt mode. All right. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to finish on escapism. So come back. <laughs> Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. 
Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about escapism and the healthy... And the unhealthy parts of it, you know, things like uh, the, the MMOs, which are massively multi multiplayer online games and that fantasy world, uh, you know, s- society still considers, you know, gamers to be introverted, inarticulate, emotionless, you know, kind of like avatars, you know, but and 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 there's a lot of media out there that says that virtual relationships wreck re- real life ones, but spouses are often ignored or cheated on, or even uh, heinous behaviors occurs, like uh, muggings and harassments and killing and racial uh, slurs and incidents. You know, but there's a hierarchy that emerges, and in some ways, healthy fantasy, like you know, uh, uh, doing these online games, can be a way of building friendships with people all over the world and getting to know different cultures. It also can be an enormous relief. You know, all of a sudden you can be a hunter, a fighter, uh, a, a killer, a doer, you know, and, and maybe we could build a world. Maybe uh, we get to pick off people or worlds or steal cars or, or things like that. Yes, all of that has an adrenaline rush to it, and all of it can actually change our behaviors in some ways. That adrenaline rush, you know, it, it, let's say you kill somebody in a virtual game. It may change the way you interact with people in the real real world if you make it a part of who you are, that you're always obsessing on doing the 
kill, 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 kill thing, that strategy in that game will actually integrate itself into your subconscious. And it may affect the way you behave with other people. I know that, you know, with my eight-year-old son playing video games, his personality changes when he's playing these violent games. It's really weird. He becomes more apathetic. He becomes more aggressive in some ways, uh, uh, says a lot more words that he shouldn't be saying. All that kind of stuff tends to build up. And so we have to be very careful how much and how we use video games, you know, like fighting games. <laughs> fighting games can be wonderful because it's an outlet and it teaches us how to defend ourselves and we can do all these great things and jump and do, you know, it's great to have these things, but you don't want to do it for hours and hours and hours because that means you're going to have to form strategies and those strategies integrate their way into your thinking. You know, there, there's some assertiveness that can be good from video games that you're playing when you're having to interact with multiple players outside of your home, out there on the virtual uh, uh, internet. And so, it, you know, a game, people can try out new attitudes, new personalities, new selves, and maybe just maybe find a way to export their fantasy experiences into their real lives and become more real and ideal selves that they want to be. And that can be a good thing. It actually can maybe help you escape your life or shape your life in a better way than you're able to do it in real life. Maybe you're able to try on an attitude, try on a different way of looking, try on a different way of thinking, try on a different way of shaping your body. You know, that may be a wonderful thing because you see how you're interacted with in that shape. And maybe that would be more attractive for you in your real life. So these things can add to our lives. They can make our lives better. But we have to be healthy about it. You know, there's also escapism from pain. When there is some sort of injury or insult causing pain, the signal conveyed in pain travels to the brain via our sensory pathway and an emotional pathway. And the emotional aspect of the experience of pain travels to the parts of the brain known as the amygdala, which manages our emotion, and the anterior uh, cingulated cortex, and the mind-body treatments that involve those activities like meditation and relaxation oftentimes can help us mitigate pain. You know, it's, it's very important for us to understand that suicide is a form of escapism. That means we are escaping from our life. People that do cutting people that hurt themselves, that is a form of escape. And some people are addicted to that form of escape because their emotional pain cannot get resolved. Maybe physical pain gets resolved, but their emotional pain can't seem to get resolved. And that's when people find themselves in pockets of suicide. To get people out of that pocket, it's very important to remind them of the reality of if you were to do that, do you realize that all of these people are going to have to think about suicide and what he, why you did it? And guess what that's going to make them do? It's going to integrate that same strategy into their life. It's murder. It's murder is what it is because it creates the outlet that other people now have the option to do what you're doing. You know, it, it, it's really understandable that people can think about suicide because if you're in pain and you can't get out of that pain, it's, it's just it's overwhelming. All you can think about is the pain you're in. And when you're always thinking about the pain you're in, you cannot be who you are.
But suicide is an emotional pain, and that means there's meaning, and we have to examine what are you coping with? What is the meaning to you of what you are coping with? You know, the, the strength of mind, the strength of our will is very important. We never want to lose sight of living without our will. That is called apathy. Apathy is the opposite of love. And when people reach apathy, they are ready to give up. And sadly, I often know when people are going to get a divorce, when I'm doing counseling, because one or the other or both are completely apathetic. There is no emotions to work with. They both have become objects to each other, foreign objects to each other. You know, the issue is that we have to understand that sex can also be a, uh, a, 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 an escape. Sex is often used as an escape. Some people demand lots and lots of intimacy in sex because they need that as an escapism. That's great, but if you married a partner or you're with a partner that doesn't have the same libido that you have, that can be a big problem. So maybe there needs to be other ways, other outlets in which you have sex, not with other people, with yourself. But that doesn't mean pornography. Maybe it means you need to get into your brain and think about what makes you feel sexy about your partner and maybe what makes you feel intimate about your partner. And maybe you need to explore different aspects of your partner to think about what you can use as forms of attraction to that partner, maybe forms of their personality, maybe parts of their body. It may be how they smell. It may be how they react. It may be how they look or a certain look, whatever, whatever clothes they're wearing. You know, focusing on different aspects of making your partner sexy can be a constructive thing in daydreaming. It could be a constructing thing in attractiveness. You know, it's really important to, 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 to understand that we are evolving. We are evolving, and as we evolve, we introduce ourselves to new things, and we are also experiential learners. So with the thought of escapism, we have to be very careful that the idea is, is that as we're moving into new things to escape into, like let's say Sudoku was a big hit about five years ago, and all of a sudden everybody was doing it. It was a form of escapism. It's a form of letting the brain go. You know, doing uh, word, word games can be a, a, an oftentimes an escapism. Doing uh, Legos can be an escapism. You know, that's great. But we have to understand that if we binge on it, if we binge on escapism, like binge viewing a TV show, you know, or a cable show, we have to be very careful that if we're going to binge on it, we're probably going to burn out on it, too. And so what that means is, is that maybe we need a really hard escape during that time, but is it healthy to be watching something all night long and then going to work the next day? We have to have balance as we're experimentally learning and grabbing into new things in our life. It's so important to understand balance. It, doesn't, it means we do escape, but we have to have balance in that aspect because we are balancing the reality of our life and the responsibilities of our life also. You know, retreat is, is a time-honored hallmark, and, and it's a great thing. Even mythological and spiritual figures had breaks. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, uh, uh, Detmer, Odin, 
uh, Lao Tzu and, and some other people have all disappeared for a while at some point. And this is not to suggest that we should all secretly aspire a life of a yogi or a prophet or a seer. But, but the fact is that we all have a human condition where we get overwhelmed and we need to get a different view on life. And that, so it's really important for us to find healthy retreats. You know, uh, if, 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 if a young person, for instance, gets lost into drugs or alcohol or some form of addiction like that, guess what happens? Once they're lost into an addiction, developmentally, at whatever age they started that addiction, developmentally, they don't, they, if, let's say they're 17 and then at 30 they get clean, their maturity is going to be back at 17 at 30 years old. That means they've lost all of those developmental steps between 17 and 30. And yes, they can catch up, but the bottom line is sadly, when we do too much escapism, we also lose our emotional and personal development. So we have to be very careful about how we fall into that kind of stuff. You know, uh, it's very important for us to embellish with our children that they have their own little world, that they have their own cave, their own places to go in their mind and their own fantasy life. It's, it's very important for us to encourage that, but it's very important for us to not just let them lock themselves in their room for hours upon hours and upon hours doing the Internet or escaping and not facing the reality of their life. You know, it, it's something that we all have to be very understanding that this affects our life. The other thing is avoidance. Avoidance is not healthy. Avoidance means it's it, it, we are avoiding something that we need to take responsibility for. Escapism can be a horrible thing when it's used as a way to avoid. Escapism can be a way to avoid. And when people do that, they tend to put away their responsibilities, their connections, and the things that they have to do. So we have to understand, are we escaping or are we avoiding? If we're avoiding, that means we're avoiding the responsibilities of our life and our life should have the weight there. You know, our life should be where we put the weight of our responsibilities instead of escape. You know, if we look at uh, uh, checking to see what is in our life and what are the things that we use to escape to and what they mean to us, we will get a better understanding of what we're coping with and how we're coping and what we need to do to change it. You can always change your coping skills. One of the greatest coping skills to have is taking care of yourself, good exercise and good diet. That can be a great escape if you do it in the right way. All right, that's our show. You know, I love hearing from you and I wanna thank you for listening. And you can uh, get a hold of us at our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. We now have a Facebook page, and you can contribute to our show via links on our webpage at Voice America. All right. Now remember, we need escapes to tolerate remaining. <laughs> also, sometimes we need to unplug to reset. <laughs> also, marriage is a training of adoration of many for the sarcasm of one. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 